Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this 110th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests on this episode include producer Nick Davis. We'll be talking about the feature film Enormous, The Gorge Story. We'll also visit with shark photographer and cinematographer Joe Romero. It is Shark Week 2021, and we've got Ninja Shark's Mutants Rising coming up on Friday and Return to Shark Vortex on Saturday. Country artist Ashley Barron will be talking about her new single, Pretend He's You. We'll also visit with actor and comedian Michael Rappaport, the Netflix comedy series Atypical, the world's most disruptive podcast, and he's back touring doing stand-up. And our final guest will be our good friend, Faith Schuler. We'll be talking about her new single, her songwriting, plus some exciting news she'll share with us when she visits today. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the shop, and share with your friends. Now, if Apple fixes this in their next update, they should have NFL star Rob Gronkowski announce it. It's his favorite number, so he'll probably do it for free. Well, someone realized that Apple's weather app won't tell you if it's 69 degrees out. It'll either say 68 or jump straight to 70. So are they against 8th grade humor? Or is it something else that's going on? Well, there's one explanation that does make sense and doesn't involve Apple hating on the number 69. They might just be sourcing their weather data in Celsius, then converting it to Fahrenheit. The 20 degrees Celsius is 68 degrees Fahrenheit and 21 is 69.8, H, which would round up to 70. A one-day documentary special uh, feature film to talk about. Uh, Enormous The Gorge Story is going to be available in theaters on July 21st. And we've got the director with us this morning, Nick Davis. And, and first off, Nick, I appreciate you taking some time to visit. It is great to be here, Cameron. Thank you for having me. Now, Nick, tell us, where did the idea for Enormous The Gorge, when did that first, uh, when was that first approach to you? So this, uh, my my producer brought the project to me first, um, Tim Williams, shout out Tim Williams. He was watching, uh, I think he was watching Dave Matthews on YouTube, and he saw Dave Matthews performing, um, at this, you know, beautiful place. And, and I think Tim was like, you know, I need to figure out where the gorge is. How do I get there? How, <laughs> how can I film something there? And, uh, and so he cold emailed, um, like the CEO of live nation, I think got a response in 20 minutes and, and the, uh, the rest is history basically. So yeah. Um, I mean, my story with the venues, I've been going out there for, for, uh, uh, you know, basically since we started the project, I had, I grew up in Montana and, and had heard about the place, um, since I was really young. So it had been sort of a, uh, you know, a dream destination to be able to, to film at. Tell our listeners a little bit about how the gorge even started. I mean, it, it's not necessarily, wasn't originally an amphitheater spot, was it? No, it started out as a winery actually. Um, it was the, the brainchild of a neurosurgeon, who was looking for him and his wife, uh, Vincent Carol Bryan, were looking for a place in Washington to, to grow grapes, to, grow, <laughs> to make wine. And um, they stumbled upon this random piece of land that was essentially considered to be worthless. 
because that part of the state was not really growing. It, it wasn't growing wine at that time. This mm-hmm. is, you know, in the, the early eighties. Um, and so they found this piece of land that no one wanted and, uh, we're just sort of wandering around the, the venue and they realized they were standing, you know, however, a mile apart and realized that it sounded like they were right next to each other. And they're like, Oh, this place is actually an amphitheater. <laughs> like we can hear each other from, you know, a, a mile apart and uh, let's, maybe we'll try music out here. So, you know, they put on a few shows and, and, uh, didn't, you know, it's a little different now, but <laughs> now there's about 30,000 people out there for a show, but, uh, it's still, I mean, this incredibly beautiful, natural place to, to hang out and, and see music. And the artists that have played there and Nick, how hard was yeah. it to get some of those artists? Were they willing to just come up and talk about uh, their experiences at the gorge? Yeah. I mean, there's some incredible artists in, in the film. We were super lucky um, to get to interview people like Dave Matthews, uh, Jason Mraz, Pearl Jam, um, Pat Monahan from, from train. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, you know, these, all of all these artists have such a huge, history with the venue they you know people like dave matthews and jason mraz who who we're talking to i mean they've spent years of their life out there and um you know jason mraz really got his his start at at the venue too he got one of his big breaks um playing just out in one of the parking lots when when dave matthews sort of stumbled along and and saw him playing and and uh they got a little photo together so um yeah it's you know it it I think one of the reasons we were able to get these artists is because they do care about the venue so much and they have that, you know, they have a, a relationship with it. Um, and yeah, so it was pretty special to be able to, to talk to some of them about it. And this last year being without concerts, being without movies in the theater is at least perfect opportunity for this to come out on the 21st. I mean, how excited are you not only to, to have a feature film out there, the, the debut at that, but also a, a music film, a, a live concert type, uh, type film as well. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking a lot of, about this camera I mean, it's been a, a, a pretty wild year and <laughs> you know, the, I'm sure you're, you're one of us that we've all been missing live music a lot. So um, to be able to have this, this film come out sort of right before the gorge is opening back up again. Um, they're planning to reopen in the, at the end of July. Um, it just is really special timing and we're excited for people to get back to live music and to be able to come to the theaters again and just sort of have that communal experience. I mean, the gorge is all about community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you have to travel hundreds of miles to get to this place from, from anywhere, basically <laughs> from any major city. So it's like, you got it. It's all about the community. You know, you need, you need food and supplies and you forget that stuff and people are out there and they'll help you out. And, and, um, yeah, it's just, a one of the reasons we wanted to to air it in theaters is because we, we wanted that experience of, of, uh, seeing it with your community, with your friends and family and seeing it together, you know, so exciting time. There you go. Now, what was during the the filming or maybe in the research part of it, was there a, uh, a particular light bulb moment or, or was that even before any of that work started? trying to think of a good light bulb moment. I mean, it's just been, I feel like it's, it's, it's been a lot of very hard work. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that it's just been years of sort of pushing through and, and pushing through barriers. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a comparable example, but making a documentary film is, it just requires 
um, I, I sometimes call it like a war of attrition because it just requires so much um, time and so many different people who are working on it in, in different capacities. Um, it's a, it's a massive undertaking. And even though the film's only, you know, whatever, an hour and, and uh, 25 minutes for our theatrical release, it just is, uh, it's amazing how many years went into that, that project. And, um, and I think it's pretty special because of that, you know, we, we really crafted it, um, both in terms of the interviews that we had, but then the structure of the film. I mean, the structure of the film is really special. Um, I think people will see why when they, they go to see it. Nick, for you as a music lover as well, what was the last concert you were able to attend? Oh, I think I saw <laughs> Coldplay at the uh, at the Palladium. Wow, um, here in LA, I think that was the last the last show. That's cool. Now, again, enormous The Gorge story uh, nationwide in theaters on July 21st. And Nick, I want to make sure and and let folks know where not only to find more info about the, the documentary film, but also everything you've got going social media wise as well, sir. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, the hub is definitely enormousmovie.com. Uh, so check out enormousmovie.com. You can it's an incredible feature. You can just type in your city. You'll see all the theaters near you. We can buy tickets. Um, super easy. So enormousmovie.com, but also um, our social media is a great place to just engage with other fans, reach out with any questions. Um, and that's just, you know, basically enormous movie across the board. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, check out enormous movie. There you go. Well, Nick, it has been great to visit with you. I uh, look forward to checking out the film myself on the 21st and Brother, hope you have a great weekend. Amazing. Thanks, Cameron. You too. Have you ever shrunk your favorite shirt in the dryer, so now it's your favorite rag? Well, if it ever happens again, you might be able to unshrink it using something you have in your bathroom. You can use hair conditioner to unshrink anything made of cotton. And here's how you do it. First off, you fill a bucket with lukewarm water, then add a few big squirts of conditioner and mix it in. You can also do that in the sink. Then you're going to toss a piece of clothing in there for 15 to 30 minutes and let it soak. The conditioner should help the fibers loosen up and expand. Then you're going to take it out and gently squeeze the water out of it, but don't twist or wring it out. If it's full of conditioner, you can rinse it a little, but not too much. Then you're going to gently stretch it out lay out on a clean dry towel and roll it up. Rolling it should keep it in place so it won't shrink back down. You're going to wait until it's almost dry and gently stretch the fabric again to get it back to its original shape. Finally, you're going to lay it out on another towel until it's fully dry. You might need to roll it up or weigh it down with something again just to make sure it doesn't shrink, but hopefully you'll end up with a shirt that fits again. I call him a friend of the show. Each year during Shark Week, we get to visit with our good friend, cinematographer, naturalist, Joe Romero with us. And uh, first off, Joe, always good to visit with you, sir. How are you, man? Good to hear from you again. It is. It has been a year. It's uh, It's hard to believe it's been a year since we talked, but then again, it seems almost like 10, doesn't it, Joe? Hey, it seems like every year. And honestly, this year seemed to pass extremely slow for some reason. 
<laughs> I can hardly imagine why anybody uh, had a slowdown in their schedule. But with Shark Week back uh, this time around, Joe, what were the biggest challenges this year with uh, with COVID, with filming and all that stuff with the cast and crew as well? Amazing challenges. I mean, Discovery Channel is now growing. It has more hours than ever on, on Shark Week and on Discovery Channel and Discovery Plus, which is new this year, which, you know, that adds more to it. And then with all the additional hours and everybody else there, I mean, we have fantastic people around that were able to push through COVID and make sacrifices and push like, like do things that were not normal all the time. I mean, you used to just go diving in itself is very difficult to do with like masks and COVID and protocols around that. You know, you got to applaud everybody for all their efforts of being able to like, get out there, get the stuff, get the content, bring it back and like, you know, give the fans what they want and like come back to a summer so that like our summer can feel normal again. We can, we can have things like shark week and you know, that's what seeing that every year, like that makes it feel like summer. Like it's like a holiday. New episodes coming up. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the Friday and Saturday episodes, Ninja Sharks, Mutants Rising. And Joe, tell us, tell our listeners what to expect from this one. Ninja Sharks highlights looking at out of the 500 species of sharks like uh, each one of them has developed a, a certain adaptation and evolved like a certain ability to be the best hunter of that like ability in their niche and they all kind of like have different adaptations that make them so so unique like some of them like hunt by whipping with their tail and some of them have like magnetic detectors and other of them hide underneath the sand it's really interesting to see how all these animals have come from different like areas and kind of evolved to be their own little specialized hunter. And it's looking at all these things as if they were like superheroes. Like, you know, you would look at the X-Men. And, and Joe, as you go out, obviously you've done all kinds of research before you go out. Are, are there any times where they have made changes to their at or adapted to their environment that kind of throws you guys off a little bit? Every time every time with like all the different changes that happen within the environment, it's like global warming, overfishing. It's like, there's all kinds of stuff that you have to always try to avoid. It's hard. I mean, sharks have been like really popular in one area. We'll leave and go to another area and we don't know where they went. You know, like we track them, we have all kinds of different data, but it's amazing that like how elusive some of these animals can still be, but they're also becoming increasingly more hard to find, you know? And with these mutations, uh, if you will, d does this make it more dangerous, I guess I should say, to be in the waters, depending on the, the locations that you're at? No, I mean, we've, we've been going in the water for a real long time. I, I wouldn't make anybody, like, afraid of getting in the water. Running into a shark is really rare and, honestly, like, uh, an amazing thing, you know? Like, you, you got very lucky when you do. And then to run into one that may even be able to pose a danger to you and then one that may... <clears throat> accidentally be able to pose that danger to you so it's really really rare it's just it's one of those things that i would tell everybody enjoy the summer go out there do this stuff if there are certain areas where there are sharks definitely keep those vigilant especially in the cape or if you're in cape cod like if you do see a shark always remember to report your sightings you can report it to like the massachusetts department of state fisheries you can report it to the atlantic white shark conservancy those places will take your report and be able to like 
uh, tell people where the sharks are. So everybody can be safe this summer and everybody can know. I mean, we can coexist. We can figure ways around. Yeah, I think I think here in Oklahoma, we're still pretty safe, though, don't you think, Joe? Maybe. You guys have different types of sharks out there. <laughs> you're taking your life in your hands i i, I tell you <laughs> now coming up on on saturday as well is return to shark vortex as well this is eight eastern seven local time and uh joe tell us about returning to the shark vortex uh return to shark vortex has a special place in my heart because it has to do with here at home and my wife's a cinematographer so my wife lauren and i like tackled this one and we looked at all different types of like endothermic sharks. Now these endothermic sharks are basically like warm-blooded sharks. They have adaptation to make themselves regulate their body temperature so they can perform better than most sharks. Like some of them are extremely fast. Some of them are, you know, like have the ability to to, to do, like they be able to perform better because they can regulate their body temperature mm-hmm. and that stuff. But getting to the point, there's only like five species out of all 500 of them and that's the, the the grouping that includes the great white shark so a lot of these sharks look like the great white shark and we highlight a shark that i'm sure most fans and people don't even know exists. and you talked joe about uh, you and your wife both cinematographers D- do you stay completely separate when you guys are doing your works or do you actually give each other feedback no we work together i mean i worked many years without her that it's like once we started working together, it was like it only helped the. Uh, it's only like honed our craft and made our craft better and like better at doing it. So I feel like you know she's she's an amazing cinematographer. She's really good at what she does. She's a marine biologist, an oceanographer, hundred ton captain. It'd be hard to find someone else that can do all of that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you got it pretty well, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's awesome. And again, uh, Shark Week 2021 continues through Sunday. And Joe, I always want to make sure and let our listeners know not only where to catch up with the episodes, but uh, everything you've got going social media wise as well, my friend. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Joe Romero, R-O-M-E-I-R-O, 333, or, you know, TikTok, Twitter. I'm all over, you know, I'm on all social media. That's the normal. So, yeah, you can find me there. Well, Joe, always great to visit with you, sir. Shark Week would not be the same without a visit from you. I appreciate your time, and brother, have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much, Cameron. Happy Shark Week. Hopefully, we'll see each other in 2022. Now, is it just me, but it seems like billionaires are falling over each other to shoot themselves into space. And unlike most of the other stuff rich people do, we're really not envious. A new survey asked if you'd want to go to the moon if your safe return to Earth could be guaranteed. Now, even then, 42% would turn it down while about 50% would go. Now, men were much more likely to want to go than women, and millennials were far more likely to say yes than baby boomers. Now, the people who said they were not interested were asking why, and the most popular response I don't want to go to the moon? I guess that's fair enough. Now others turned it down because the moon would be boring, they're scared, a fear of flying, a fear of heights, claustrophobia, they're too old, there's no point, and some just couldn't get past the unrealistic safety guarantee. Ashley Barron, she's been on with us a couple times before, and first off, Ashley, always good to see you, my friend. 
Yes, you too. And uh, I, I remember the first time we met. Do you recall? It was at CMA Fest about four years ago, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, <laughs> I miss CMA Fest. <laughs> what, what is it been? What's the summer like not having CMA Fest to kind of get it all kicked off? Well, thankfully, I mean, even though we didn't have CMA Fest, um, thankfully my tour started this summer, unlike last. (laughs) So that is super exciting. And that's kind of kept the ball rolling. And we're just, we're slowly starting to get more and more dates. And that's just so exciting. (laughs) Now, what, what did you learn most this last year? What was, what was the biggest thing uh, that, that you were able to pull from it and maybe to carry forward into 2022 and beyond? Honestly, that no matter what is thrown my way, I'm going to make it through and I'm stronger than I feel. And that's, uh, that's been a huge thing because I don't, there's been a lot of, lot of down moments and it's been really hard to carry on, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we mentioned before we came on the air now, full time in Nashville. I mean, you're, you're putting down roots now, aren't you? Yes, yes, finally. You know, the back and forth was great. I have a ton of family in California, and so it, it wasn't too difficult. But then after COVID, and I was I was stuck in California because literally right when all that happened, we had just gotten back from a family trip in Hawaii. I had, I had just done CRS, then it was Hawaii, and then I was in California, and all this happened, and I was like, well, I, I can't get back. So I, I was pretty much there for a little over a year. And, um, I came, I came back, I did some things in the fall, uh, cause we released a single last fall and did a music video. So that was fun. But now to be here full time is crazy. <laughs> now you talked about having, uh, having some shows going on. What, what difference do you notice in the fans? Oh my, everybody is just like eager. They just, they just want to hear music. They want to talk to you. Everyone is so friendly and like, I think everybody just missed human interaction, you know? Did did it make it more difficult maybe the first time back after being away from shows for so long? I was so nervous. (laughs) I was like, I hadn't played a show, like a show show in over a year, year and three months. Wow. And I was like, do I remember how to do this? What am I doing? <laughs> and, you know, sure enough, it was like riding a bike. And that first show was, it was so awesome. When you, when you came back on stage, what was it that you realized you missed the most? Just singing music yeah. and playing live, like with a band, a physical band, not trying to do Zoom <laughs> things or, you know, just meeting with my guitarist, like actually being all together. Now, did this last year inspire your writing? Did it make it? Did, did it maybe make a, a little bit of a, a speed bump, if you will, in the in the writing for you? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, my ex and I um, we had been together for almost four years, and we had decided that we were going to move forward with marriage and you know get a house together, merge finances, and all that. And then when COVID hit, it was very, very stressful on him. And obviously for me too, cause I, you know, touring stopped and all that. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I never imagined really being a songwriter. 
I always knew I wanted to be a performer. I always knew I wanted to be on stage. Um, and then when I started coming to Nashville, I started writing and doing co-writes and I liked it, but I was just like, okay, what do I really have to say? Right. And so, um, when the performing stopped, I really panicked. <laughs> and, um, so unfortunately halfway into quarantine, um, he had cheated and yeah, totally, um, ended the relationship and it was very, very hard for me. Um, also at the same time, my mom got really sick, not from COVID. Um, we, as a family have autoimmune diseases, um, called celiac and scleroderma. And so she got really, really sick from those and unfortunately passed away at the same time. I was literally going through a breakup. Um, so to say that I got some inspiration and some songwriting material just thrown in my lap, um, is to say the least, but yes, a lot of what I went through last year has inspired, um, the rest of this album and the song that is my single right now is all stuff that I really, I really went through and I can, for the first time say that these are my experiences and I just pray that it can help other people because I know I'm not the only one out there that's gone through such difficult times. How does that help the healing process when you see other people that are going through those things that, that the music that you've got is touching them? It is amazing. It sheds a light to there is a reason and that God really does work everything for good. And I truly believe that in my soul. And, you know, it, it just makes those down really hard times almost worth it mm -hmm. because I've grown so much as a human. And then to be able to share that experience with others and have them relate is, I mean, that's all I could have asked for when I was going through it. So it's, it's a really great feeling. Now, was it, was there, did you have to channel your inner Alanis Morissette at any point? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's been a roller coaster, but it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's all just been worth it. <laughs> That's funny. Now then the new single pretend he's you tell our listeners the, the, the story of the song, the feedback that you've been getting, how cool is it uh, to have that new single out right now? Yeah, it's. Well, like I said, I mean, this was really something I went through. And I think the most difficult part was when my ex and I broke up and it was very obviously public within my community, my, my close friends, my family, um, it really set off a bomb. And yet that didn't mean that I was just over him, that I just automatically hated him, that I just wanted nothing to do with him. And so I went through a time where everybody was, you know, hating and bashing on him. And I was like, yes, yeah, that's right. You know, and we literally went out to a bar and I met another guy and it was like, Oh, rebound. This is going to be great. But it wasn't, it was, you know, it really showed me that like, what, like, what am I doing? You know, I need to one slow down, but I'm not over him. And so I think that that's definitely a story and a side of that whole cheating and breakup that people don't talk about a lot. Um, because some people are ashamed, like, well, he cheated. I should hate him. When at the end of the day, your feelings were involved, you know, you, you really liked that person. So now you talked about uh, the, the challenges of celiac disease. We we have that in our house too. My, my wife is oh. is a celiac. So, what uh, what is what's your favorite celiac friendly 
food that you go to for comfort? Oh, not a moo ice cream. <laughs> it's from Austin, Texas. Oh my gosh. It's one of my favorite. That and then the sweet Lorraine um, cookies. You can get them at like Kroger, Safeway, all that. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it t- take you to feel comfortable cooking celiac friendly foods? So I have, um, I've had it my entire life. My mom found out she had celiac, um, right after I was born and she got my sisters and my brother tested. And then that's when like our family started to make a shift. And so for me, I knew nothing different. So I have, and I grew up with my grandma cooking in the kitchen and whatnot. And so I just knew, okay, I can substitute that, substitute that. And it's really not that hard. It's really not that bad if you get the right ingredients, is it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what is, uh, what, what are the things you look forward to going into the fall of 2021? Just more shows being out on the road again and just seeing people releasing my album. Um, I'm really hoping that's coming in the next month or so. And yeah, just, just truly being with the fans again, you know, it was great. Social media, zoom, all this, the podcasts, the phone call radios, like um, interviews were great, but to be back and like go into a radio studio again, to go back to concert venues, it's just really awesome. What was the sign that told you that that we are back? What was the what was the the thing that kind of pushed it over and, and made you realize? Um, I think when I started, we really started to book the shows, and nothing happened. <laughs> and it was like, oh, we're we're going, we're going, here we go. Um, and then just seeing the crowd, seeing how people responded, how they wanted to meet me afterwards, you know, and wanted to shake my hand and take pictures. I mean, that's really kind of what was like, all right, people are starting to get more comfortable. Now, was it hard at first to accept people coming up to you or was it, was it a little uncomfortable at first? No, I was so, I, I'm such an extrovert. I'm like, I, I want to hug you. Like, <laughs> I, I had to be like, okay, be careful a little bit, but you know, no, for me, it was not difficult. Well, that's awesome. Well, Again, the single Pretend He's You is the name of the single. You've got yeah. uh, upcoming album, uh, tour dates, social media. Where's the best place to keep up with all that? Oh, yes. Um, well, Ashley Baron Official on Instagram is my main page, but I'm also on Facebook and Twitter at Ashley Baron Official. And then my website, AshleyBaronOfficial.com. If you sign up for my fan club, you'll be the first to know on all the insider stuff. Well, Ashley, it's always good to see you, my friend, and glad to see you put down roots finally, right? Yes, thank you. Thank you. So good to see you, too. Now, the sound of an ice cream truck was the greatest thing in the world as a kid. But as adults, it's like, oh, cool. I can also get most of that stuff in the store now. Now, someone looked at Google Trends to find the most popular ice cream truck treat in all 50 states. But general interest and grocery sales have skewed the stats because Klondike bars are number one overall. So like I said, Klondike bars, they're number one with nine states. Number two, Choco Tacos, eight states. Number three, red, white, and blue firecracker popsicles, seven states, plus D.C., Number four, ice cream sandwiches, five states. Number five, lemon ice, four states. Now, fudge sickles are number one in three states, drumsticks in two, cream sickles in two, 
and Bomb Pops in two. Another eight treats got one state each, SpongeBob Ice Cream Pops, Snow Cones, Screwballs, Push-Up Pops, Malt Cups, King Cones, Crunch Bars, and Chipwit Sandwiches with cookies and ice cream. The critically acclaimed Netflix comedy series Atypical that uh, started last week, plus uh, doing stand-up comedy and a million other things as well. Michael Rappaport back with us this morning. And first off, Michael, appreciate you taking some time, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, you guys giving me the time. Now, Michael, the, uh, the atypical now out on Netflix, the uh, the fourth and final season. Was it kind of split feelings on uh, on the emotions of the of new and final season? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was it's sad to see it go. Um, it, you know, we, you know, the, the show means so much to the audience that that has watched it. Um, but I think it's the right time. And I think uh, uh, that people that have watched uh, the, the previous seasons of Atypical will really enjoy season four. And if you haven't seen it, it's uh, streaming on Netflix. It's a very sweet show. It's a very um, funny, uh, a dramatic show about a dysfunctional, uh, functioning family, uh, uh, sort of finding their way as individuals and also dealing with their uh, teenage son. Uh, who's autistic, um, and uh, you know, like I said, it's it, it, it's a you know it's a very emotional show, but it's also extremely funny. And uh, you know, uh, um, you know, as far as the show ending, you know, I, we we were lucky enough to know going into this season that this was the end. Um, so it was a, a good way to wrap it up. And Michael, I mentioned also doing some stand-up again. And did you ever think that stand-up was going to, did it ever feel like it was ever going to be able to come back again? No. At a certain point during the pandemic, uh, it, it, it seemed like, well, stand-up comedy's done. Uh, going to a, a sporting event is done. And, uh, you know, just going to a supermarket without feel, feeling like you were in fear of your life felt like uh, uh, that was over. Uh, hopefully we continue to, uh, uh, you know, move forward and move past this and, uh, you know, never go backwards because I know it sucks for uh, for everybody. That's right. And uh, not only the comedy, not only the TV, the movies, all that kind of stuff, but also podcasting. M- Michael, where do you draw the line? Uh, is there any end to your many talents? I'm trying to use them uh, uh, and, and not lose them. So I, uh, <laughs> I got a lot to say. I, I, I feel like I have a you know, a lot to offer, and, uh, you know, I'm excited and proud of, of all those things you mentioned. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back on the road. Uh, in 2022, I'll be making it to Oklahoma City. Uh, uh, and, you know, all tickets, all dates, all cities, all information is available at michaelrappaportcomedy.com. And in the meantime, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really uh, proud of people enjoying uh, Season 4 of, of uh, Atypical on Netflix. Now, Michael, this last year, has as a comedian, as an actor and all that stuff, has it been hard to find inspiration, of maybe one more than the other, I should say? It definitely hasn't been hard to find inspiration. At a, at a certain point, it was, fine to ha- it was hard to find a place to perform. You know, uh, right. I was in Los Angeles for a lot of the, the pandemic. We were performing at chicken wing places. We were, uh, you know. Uh, parking lots, we were in garages, we were like, you know, everywhere but a comedy club, but things are opening back up and things have opened back up. So, you know, I'm back on the road 
and 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 you know uh, taking my show uh, uh, to a city near you. And Michael, through all of the emotion <laughs> and drama that we've all faced this last year, comedy I think is one of those things that can break down those barriers and kind of get us talking sometimes again, can it? I agree. I agree. Comedy can always break down barriers, get you talking, get you thinking, and most importantly, uh, uh, get you laughing. And Michael, this last year with all of all of the drama, has has the the comedy writing has it been harder because of worrying about what people are going to think of, of things you say, or do you just kind of keep the the same mantra that you already had already? I think you must keep the same mantra. You can't worry about you know, being canceled or being in trouble or stepping over the line. It's comedy, you know. Uh, uh, people, I think, especially in comedy clubs, they, they know the difference. There's a difference between being hateful and mean-spirited and just making, you know, some funny jokes. And you have to trust yourself and, and trust your intentions. That's right. And as as we are already, it's hard to believe, but we're already halfway through the summer. Did Did this summer look just slightly different than last year, Michael? It looks a lot. It looks a lot different. It looks uh, more normal. You know, I could tell these people still a little hesitant. You know, I think these masks are always going to be a part of our life, whether you're wearing them, you're seeing people wearing them, the, the discussion of them. Who cares? The conversations are just, you know, like uh, you know, about, about all that stuff. But it, it's certainly better than it was last year. That is for sure. And again, you can check out the fourth and final season of Atypical on Netflix now. Again, the the podcast, the world's most disruptive podcast, and check out all of his tour dates as well. And Michael, I want to make sure and let our listeners know where the best place to find all of that info is. Uh, the best place to find all that information, anything about me, is michaelrappaportcomedy.com. michaelrappaportcomedy.com is easy to find. And, uh, you know, and like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, coming out there soon. Michael, I always appreciate you taking some time to be on, brother. I hope you have a great rest of your week and uh, look forward to seeing you when you come back uh, to Oklahoma. Thank you very much. Now, one in four people said that they would exercise more if the days were longer. So if we can just figure out how to bend space and time, I mean, we'd all make it to the gym more, right? Well, here are our top 10 excuses we use for not working out. Number one, I'm too tired. Number two, it's raining. Number three, it's too cold. But somehow it's too hot didn't make the list. Number four, I'm feeling sick. Number five, I just ate. Number six, it's too late in the day. Now the poll found we tend to skip evening workouts the most. Number seven, I don't have time. Number eight, I'm sore. Number nine, exercise is boring. And number 10, I left work too late. A few more that made the top 25 include, I'm too hungry, I'm hungover, I'm too stressed, I'll work out tomorrow, and I exercised yesterday. Our final guest on the podcast and uh, a friend of the show as well, Faith Schuler, back with us. And and Faith, I'm excited to talk. Got some exciting news, and and of course we'll talk music as well. Good to see you, my friend. Oh, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Let's just get right into it. A little bit of news to share. I, I got the release yesterday. A little excitement there, I think, on your behalf. Oh, yes. Okay. So yesterday I um, announced that I actually just released a shoe line with eye slides, which is so fun. We are bringing country (laughs) 
to slides and I'm so excited. I had a great time designing them. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always been a little fashionista, always want my own um, shoe line. And yesterday my dream came true, so I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, it's been a great experience so far. Everyone's loving it, so I'm. it's great. I love it. Getting more ads on the single as well. And a young artist seeing those ads come in, seeing the streaming numbers and stuff like that. I mean, how exciting is that for you as well? It is so exciting. Things are going really well. Um, everyone seems to be enjoying the song. I'm excited to release new music soon. I'm trying to get people excited for that as well. So, yeah, it's, it's going great in the world of faith right now. <laughs> and as we are halfway through the summer, I mean, how much different was was your summer 2021 as opposed to last year so far? Um, it's been very, very different. Um, I'm taking meetings much more. It's great. <laughs> I can't complain. Things are going awesome. I'm surrounded by music, always doing something for um, my music career and to further myself in this journey. So it's it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy meeting new people and I'm excited for the future. And uh, speaking of the, the, the product again as well, I mean, how surprised were you whenever it came to fruition? I mean, was that a surprise for you? Was it a, a little boost in the ego as well? Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, we stay humble. We stay humble. But I'm very blessed. I feel very blessed. And um, I know that without my fans, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. And I'm just so thankful for everyone who's been supporting me and um, just, you know, lifting me up along this journey. And now that I've got um, iSlide working with me, like I was shocked i was so excited when they approached me about the idea and so everything's just going great but at the end of the day i have to say a huge thank you to those who have just been supporting me like from the very start when i was you know just hitting the ground running and now things are starting to open up a little bit for me and so it's awesome i'm super blessed now what has been the most fun you've had so far this this summer Oh, literally all of it. Like, it's so hard to say. So well, other than going to the beach, because I enjoy the beach, <laughs> um, the most fun, like, music-wise has really just been meeting new people. I've been writing a lot of songs. I love, love, love recording in the recording studio. It's just so amazing to see a song just come out of air. Literally, it came out of nothing. And knowing that I created that and I got to work with some amazing people to create a song is just so fun. And I've really been enjoying recording, um, writing. And then also this news with iSlide has definitely been a highlight of my summer. Definitely something out of the normal for me and something that kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. So, so far it's going so good and I can't wait to see. We still got a, a few weeks left in the summer. So, let's just keep it rolling right <laughs> now how close is the design was it just hand in hand i mean was that how, how excited were you whenever you actually saw it on yeah. the ice slides i was so excited so um actually two of the designs um my friend callie richter she's an artist she's very very talented at what she does um she actually drew hand drew all the lettering and all the outlines for the guitar and everything um for the original face Schuler designs that are featured on the shoes she's awesome and i had such a great time you know um working with her on those but then um i slide actually made a few more designs with me oh, wow. um so those are exclusive to iSlide. It was so much fun. I was able to tell them different things I liked, different colors that I like, and, um, you know, what I feel like 
describes Faith Schuler. So it was it was a great time, so much fun, definitely an experience of a lifetime. So I can't wait to continue further working with them and also hopefully see some people walking around repping my designs. I know, right? Yeah, I saw I saw the release. I was excited because we were visiting today, but also I, I was a little taken back because yeah, those are going to be in our house. I'm just saying. Yes, that's what I like to hear. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Now, I know that you've had the opportunity to go out to some ball games, singing the national anthem. And I know singing that national anthem, do you do like I do? And when, right before you start, you're like, I forgot all the words. <laughs> Listen, I actually can't even think about it. I've been singing the national anthem <laughs> since, oh, good Lord, I was in elementary school. Okay, like I had that whole song memorized. I feel like it's, you know, on the back of my hand right now. Um, but I try not to think about it because when I think about it, that's when I get in my head and I'm like, uh-oh. Um, the hardest part of singing the national anthem, and this is the part that just like makes my stomach in knots every time I step up on that stage, is what is the first note? And anything <laughs> didn't relate to this because it's a cappella, and so in your head you have to remember that first note that you want to you want to start on because the song is such a hard song to sing if you start too high you go too high if you start too low you're like way too low so you've got to <laughs> find that right note to start on but um i always say once i get that first note out then i'm good to go the rest of the song i know as things open back up a lot of songwriters and singers one of the things that they talk about is the inspiration was kind of hard to find as they were home but as you're out and about how has the inspiration been going for you lately the inspiration's been flowing. I'm always thinking of new ideas, um, taking things from life experiences, also my surroundings and things that I see my friends going through. And, um, you know, just the things I appreciate in life as well. I think that's always a great topic to write about. Um, whatever makes you smile that day or whatever, you know, good has happened in the week. I, I think writing is a great way to put that down in words and to really just appreciate the things you have. So I've been trying to focus on on a lot of that and um, also reminisce on my past life and <laughs> my past life but you know my past <laughs> not my past life but you know what I meant by that <laughs> now the single tell tell our listeners uh, again about getting over you and like we said more ads coming in and it's growing and growing and growing and yeah getting over you is going great I'm so excited Th people keep listening um, I'm getting so much support from Spotify and Apple Music. I'm so grateful for them. Um, so they've really been behind me the whole time, just helping me promote this song, playlisting it. So super grateful for that. But also the fans, I'm seeing really great numbers. Um, a lot of the fans are just uh, just looking up my name and listening to my songs and to see those statistics and those numbers is just like so heartwarming to me. Um, and then also I'm noticing that I've got listeners popping up all over the United States and even out of the country. I've got Australia, Canada, um, literally everywhere. So it's such a warming feeling and I'm so excited to share some new music with them soon. Now you talk about being in, uh, listened to in different countries. How many times have you had to get a globe out or go to Google Maps to find out where that country's at? 
Oh, listen, I've never been good at geography. <laughs> I wish I paid more attention in that class. Um, but I definitely have had to Google and look on. I I can't even lie and tell you I've taken out a map. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely have just pulled up Google Maps and tried to figure out uh, where the heck is this place. But um, <laughs> we're still learning on that end. But it's great. It's so cool. I'm like, Oh, well, that's cool. Who knew? Um, but yeah, it's a great opportunity and I'm excited. Hopefully uh, these people in these different countries, I just think it's so cool how they listen to my music and um, are supporting me for miles and miles and miles away. So hopefully they'll like the next songs too. Also, I think it was just a couple of days after we spoke last time. I saw the the post up that you had the chance to to spend a little bit of time with Jimmy Allen and get a little feedback from him. I wanted to share how cool it is to see an established artist like like Jimmy and these other artists that have that have given you feedback and kind of buying into what you're doing as well. Oh, Jimmy is great. I mean, it is such a great feeling knowing that I have these very, very, very successful and hardworking people um, who are supporting me and cheering me on. So um, Jimmy is definitely a blessing in my life. And I've learned so much just from the few conversations I've had with him and, you know, watching everything he had to go through and where he's at now. And um, he really is one of the hardest workers I know. And so I admire that very much. Um, But just, you know, anyone I get to work with in the music industry, I just really admire and look up to because Um, obviously a lot of them have been doing it for years and years and the fact that they um, even want to take a time of their day to work with me just means the world to me now who is who's the latest on uh, on your playlist who's the latest inspiration on uh, on your playlist Oh, man, I have so many inspirations. Um, But really, right now, I just saw Tennille Arts in concert. I actually um, sang the national anthem at Stars and Guitars, and Tennille was playing at that event, and so I got to watch her. And um, I also opened for one of her shows a a little over a year ago now. And, man, just to see how she has developed and um, her career has really taken off. I, I love her new songs and also her older ones, so yeah I'm really impressed with Tennille right now she's awesome cheering her on um I love Kelsey Ballerini Maren Morris Luke Combs I could go on and on and on all day but I I definitely think these newer artists are really starting to come out of the woodworks and um nail it right on the head for sure now who are I I asked about artists and all that now who's the songwriters that not inspire you but that that you listen to their music and it challenges you to be better well, I'm a little biased, but Marcus Hummin is um, <laughs> actually a very dear friend of mine. He wrote Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flats, Born to Fly by Sarah Evans, Cowboy Take Me Away by the Dixie Chicks, and so many more um, amazing, well-known songs. And he is just such a genuine, sweet man, and he has been working with me, and I feel like I have learned so, so much from just working with him and seeing the way he writes and how that compares to my writing and then what we can create together. So he's definitely been a huge inspiration to me as a songwriter and um, just knowing him makes it that much more special. Now, being younger in the industry, does it make it easier for you to be able to take those kind of advices from, from like you say, from Marcus and the others because you haven't necessarily been down the road with bad habits already? 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. I take all the advice I can get because if anyone is in this industry, and I'm sure you know too, it can get a little hectic and a little <laughs> scary out there. I mean, you are thrown to the sharks sometimes. And so um, anyone who wants to help me and who has just given me great advice along this journey, I definitely take that and apply that to what I'm doing in this career because if anyone knows I know they know best so um, yeah it's also about learning as you go too I wish I could know everything um, but unfortunately <laughs> you have to live and you learn and I I definitely have been learning <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> as I travel on this journey and I've just been working hard in my music career. I've definitely had to teach myself a lot of things, but also learning from others is really, really important too. Now, where's the, where's the place coming up that you're looking for the most forward to play in? Oh, so many places. I'm actually going on my first tour in the fall, and I'm very, very excited for that. Um, I've got some great venues and some great events. I'm really excited to go to Michigan for a Harvest Festival. Um, I've never been, and I heard it is absolutely beautiful, and especially that time of year. So I'm really excited to play that show. Um, I'm trying to get some more hometown shows and also just traveling in general and meeting new people and um, also interacting with the fans I've made over the pandemic. Um, that'll be really, really cool as well. Is it easy for you to adjust to things being back open? Or are you still just a little bit of little distance? Are you still wanting a little distance? Yeah, I, it's definitely a little different, um, very different, actually. And I think that everyone else feels the same way when they go out because <laughs> we were just secluded for so long. It's like, what do we do now? Um, but I am starting to get back in the swing of things. I'm just so excited to finally be able to play in front of a live audience again because um, that is the best feeling in the world. So I have a lot to look forward to, but we're easing back into it. If folks want to find more information, Faith, not only about the music, tour dates, social, eye slides, all that kind of stuff, uh, where's the best place to keep up with all of those different things? So you can keep up with me on all of my social media. Luckily, I'm good at social media. So um, I post everything all the way from eye slides to my website to articles, um, Pretty much anything you want to know about me, unfortunately, is all over social media. <laughs> uh, so check out my social media. It's at Faith Schuler. That's S-C-H-U-E-L-E-R. And then you can also check out my website. It's faithschuler.com. I post all of my tour dates there. And then I'm also releasing a merch line in the next few weeks. And I'm excited to share that with everyone. So go shop. It'll all be available on my website. Faithschuler.com. How about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Faith, it is always great to visit with you, my friend. I appreciate you taking some time out again to be on the show. And hopefully we'll catch up again real soon out on the road. Of course. It was so great talking with you again. And thank you again for just supporting me and being a friend to me. You're awesome. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Well, thanks again for joining us for this 110th episode in season two of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, visit our merch store where we've got hoodies, shirts, tumblers, mugs, stickers, and much more 
That's gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. If you have a special guest idea, email me gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday.